and welcome everyone to the final Dungeons and Diapers episode of 2021, the year that we thought might be better than 2020, but really, aside from some killer Dungeons and Diapers episodes, has not really been that much better, if anything, possibly worse. That said, we are inaugurating a new tradition today with the very first annual Dungeons and Diapers Award, the Daddies, don't Google that. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> the Daddy Awards um, featuring myself, Crofton Steers, uh, and special guest co-host for the Daddies. We do a two-hosted two award show here, you know. It's like that that year Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin hosted the um, Oscars. So so uh, the, <laughs> the co-host is Ryan Murphy. Ryan, it occurs to me I don't even know your middle name. I would have used it there. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, I, I feel like if you're using that example, are we, are we fighting over Steve Martin? Because I feel like I know Alec Baldwin. He's he's come a long way. He's not. He's like the best of the Baldwins, I guess. But still, like, I would say Steve Martin. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in terms of the loudness of personalities and stuff, I mean, I would probably be Alec Baldwin. I'm willing to go with Alec Baldwin. Steve Martin is musically inclined, but I don't think that we can go with this analogy. I don't think it really works that well. What does work is this year's daddies are jam-packed uh, in with all sorts of categories. Uh, and what's even better is Ryan doesn't know any of the categories. No. Uh, I am the host, so I can just – invent them as it goes and i i like you know there's no proctor and gamble or whatever the heck does this it's really just uh categories so before we get started into the 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 first annual daddies ryan i do want to touch base with you because i recognize that it is crazy times right now we are a recording between christmas and new year's and um where we are, and I think pretty much everywhere in North America, it's gone bonkers COVID crazy. Yes. Yeah, it has. Uh, I know I've, uh, right here in Ontario, I mean, just the numbers have been skyrocketing. And I know it's uh, it's like that across the country relative to cases that they're used to. Like I know um, out east, they're, they're, they have like maybe 500 cases and um, – yeah, it's that is a big number for them, you know, and I I mean, I've heard, you know, uh, anecdotally, like, you know, people's Christmases being affected before, after, um, I know, during, during <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not an easy time. I think, like, compared to last year, without vaccines, a lot of people were apprehensive about having gatherings. There were there were you know strict guidelines in some places about having having gatherings, and this year I think vaccines have certainly helped allow people to you know feel comfortable having gatherings. Uh, but also alongside this this new variant, it's been really tough, and I've heard plenty of stories of uh, of people being impacted. And I and I hope everyone's safe. That's my biggest thing is I just hope everyone's being as safe as they can um, without you know, uh, impacting their mental health. Cause I know like this is the time of year where people like to get together and have, uh, you know, have a merry time and it's, it's, it's tough. And as you say, it's the second Christmas, right? Yeah. It's the second one. And I, 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 in terms of moving goalposts, I remember like our leaders at different points saying, Oh, you know, if we're careful this Christmas, then we're going to have a great 
Easter or, oh, if we're careful this Easter, we're going to have a great summer and so forth and so on. And it, you know, it does feel like a groundhog day situation. I know Ontario's slogan is good things grow in Ontario. Uh, but I mean, bad things grow as well with this Omicron thing. Actually, I think our slogan is yours to discover. Either way, it's still No, that was the old one. Virus. They changed uh, it because they were open for business, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For virus business, um, <laughs> the uh, the the thing is, is uh, we're also on pins and needles, Ryan and I, uh, with regards to schools, because we don't know what's going to happen with the schools. <laughs> yeah. Like we're we're recording an episode right now, but um, you know, any day now, the the other foot's going to drop to say, guess yeah. what? Your kids are at home and they're going to learn somehow. And um, yeah, we're 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 bracing for that. So recognizing that it is tough. For everyone, Ryan, did you have, like, with that aside, like, Christmas Day at Shea Murphy's? No, it's been a tough year for you guys in particular. Was it, did you have, did you have some fun? Did the kids, did the kids have a good time? Yeah, I mean, that was my main goal was to make sure that, not just my main goal, but also Ashley's main goal was to make sure the kids had a great Christmas morning, a great Christmas day, because they were really looking forward to it, really looking forward to Santa, I mean, we, um, you know, our, you know, Abby was not feeling well is, um, and, and we all tested negative, uh, with the, with the rapid test. So no COVID in, in the house, but, uh, she wasn't feeling well. And it's funny. We put, um, we, we, you know, you put the kids to bed. She was struggling. Uh, she had, I think napped for the first time in years and, and she never naps, uh, I think I believe she napped for three hours during the day, and then she went to bed early. In fact, and that caused a bit of a, a rupture in her sleep schedule. So we, we got we got all the gifts together downstairs, and then she woke up around nine o'clock, and she comes down, and I'm like, like what's that sound? And it's and it's Abby walking down the stairs and uh, coming downstairs because we were watching TV. We had just finished with all the gifts, and Ashley's like, "You better go get her and bring her down here so she doesn't." See- she doesn't see the gifts because you know spoiler alert skip ahead if you don't want to know this about 30 seconds but uh we we had santa's gifts uh out already and um and and yeah so she did not see it she did not remember but christmas morning they were really happy to open all their gifts uh isabel's at an age where she's getting to the point where she can open her own gifts and get excited about gifts um and they were they all had a really good time that day i think that uh you know, we, we strive to make that. That's also the easiest to make, um, for us anyways, with our family structure, that was the easiest thing we could have done was just make sure that Christmas morning was really good for the kids. They enjoyed themselves and they, they got a chance to play with all their new toys. And that was kind of what we were aiming for with that day. Like even if dinners didn't happen or, you know, people had to drop out or, or, you know, whatever, might have happened that was still critical to us and i think we achieved it so um we got a we got a, f- a french food truck because we couldn't order it in english and i said to Ashley, like well if we're putting them all in french immersion they might as well learn french from a fisher price french food truck so that's what we got upstairs oh i see uh, i was wondering what the heck you were talking about i was like instead of doing christmas dinner we ordered a french food truck no. to deliver outside i i, I got uh, my dinner through farm boy so i'm not one to judge although it was very good um oh, I did- how did what's that like i know what farm boy is but 
Farm Boy is a chain of rest uh, for those who don't know grocery stores in Ontario and maybe beyond at this point. But they they are, they're you know cater in 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 produce and baked goods and stuff like that. And they have a they have these meals that you can buy and they 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 um, you have to generally pre order while it's Thanksgiving and Christmas is big. They do it a lot throughout the year, and we'll get them every once in a while. Like they they give you different packages and appetizer of all all of this sort of stuff. And so we, Jesse and I, we did a very similar thing to you. It was just us and the two girls at home Christmas Day. We we chose not to go up to Jesse's dad's who lives in Sherbrooke. Um, it was just he did not feel comfortable. We none of us had gotten our boosters. Jesse and I now have our boosters, but still, like takes a couple of weeks, and he hasn't gotten his. I don't think you know. It was it was all complicated. We decided to reconvene in the future and just stay at home for Christmas. Saw my brother and his family on Boxing Day. That was our one sort of social thing, uh, and yeah, it was gr- it was great. We went like we Jesse went a little bit overboard on the gifts and she would admit it. Uh, but I, as I say to her, if there was any year to go overboard on Christmas gifts, this was it. And, and we got a lot of cool gifts um, that I'm going to look forward to talking on future episodes of Dungeons and Diapers. Where Gwen and I played Catan Jr. earlier today. It was a lot of fun. We got the Mario Kart live circuit in your house. That was, that's been amazing as well. All things that I'll talk about on uh, on future episodes of this uh, amazing program. But Ryan, mm. with that check-in done, I think it is time to move into the daddies. Um, again, don't Google that. Um, is are you Are you ready? For the first category? Yeah, if, I feel if you only should have prepared me so I could have prepared some sort of sweet sound bumper. But for next year, this gives me a whole year to develop well, something. Ryan, I, like, the show is not live. I hate to break it to you. you oh, I'm not editing do. it in. I'm going to yeah, edit out okay. all our foibles and stuff. But All you know. right. Well, okay, so the first category is the best movie Ryan Murphy saw this year. Ah. Best movie Ryan Murphy saw this year. And the decider this year for that will be Crofton Steers. So I'm going to say the best movie <laughs> Ryan saw uh, last year was uh, Black Widow. So that's the winner. Congratulations to Black Widow. Next category. No, I'm just kidding. This is confusing. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> the best movie Ryan Murphy saw this year. So Ryan, like to be fair, you know, we ha- – we, have a limited amount of time as all our listeners know we talk about the things we see movies have been one of those things this past year i mean it's been tough to to dedicate that chunk of time to watching a full movie you know and of course the whole theater experience has been kind of out most of the year so it's been uh, even though there's like i see all these best of movie lists i'm like i haven't seen any of these uh, i haven't seen dune haven't seen any of these uh, but uh but you personally and all the way back January 2021 to now, what was the best movie you saw this year? Uh, you know, um, movies don't normally stick with me like like uh, like video games do. But uh, uh, I, I did see, I believe, two movies in the theaters. I, I have not seen any like best of lists for movies. I also don't really pay attention to that. So I wouldn't even know if I've watched like the best movies of 2021. But and this is going to feel like a bit of a, um, I don't know, like a, like an easy pick because I just saw it. But I think my favorite movie of 2021 has to be the new Spider-Man film. And no spoilers. I'm not going to go into spoilers here because I know Crofton hasn't had a chance to see it. I, for one, managed to go see it before um, Ontario uh, hit the fan. 
Um, but uh, but you can you can still go to the movies. It, it is a very safe experience. Both my experiences going to the movies this year, um, once with the kids to see Paw Patrol, once with the once with a friend to see Spider Man, and. I'll say this, like, I know in the States I've heard rumblings, like, you know, theater going is basically theater going. Some of them do social distance, but for the most part, they're selling most seats. Our listeners can correct me on this, but here in Ontario, at least when you buy a ticket, um, I felt very safe. Like everyone's masked. You have to be vaccinated to get into the theater. Um, when you buy a ticket, it, it basically closes off all the seats around you, behind you, beside you and in front of you. So no one is sitting in any vicinity of you. Um, And it was really weird seeing a brand new Marvel movie with next to no people in the theater by design, not necessarily because they didn't sell I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand. Like, like, there's all these talk about Spider-Man being, like, the most profitable opening, like, since Endgame and, like, top three of all time or whatever. Is it that they jacked the price of the ticket up fivefold? Like, how how do they make it so that it's still... Like there's way less tickets. It's already hard enough to get a ticket for movies like that. What's uh, how how does that work? Do you do you know? Do you know that back end? Uh, I mean, uh, not for certain, but the theater I went to see it in was like a ten or a twelve screener type place, and they had Spider Man starting every half hour. So they basically had Spider Man in three quarters of the screens that were on offer. So. You know, they know there's a demand for the film, so they put it and they know they can only sell so many tickets with social distancing and rules and such. So I think they just put it on as many screens as possible. I was, you know, seeing some argument on Twitter about, not an argument, but just a discussion about, you know, how movies like Spider-Man kind of, you know, push out other films that may not do as well. So for example, you have a new film starting, I think, uh, uh, Del Toro has a new film out around the same time as Spider-Man. Spider-Man's on eight screens. The Del Toro films on one screen, you can kind of see how that kind of pushes people around in terms of what tickets they're buying. But I I think that's the case is they just put them on more screens. And, and I, I got to say, like, I know it seems like a cop out to say, oh, my favorite film is a Marvel film. It's like, those are the type of movies that I really enjoy. I'm not, you know, one to seek out all the, you know, top 10 best Oscar. Like, I don't even watch the Oscars. It's, it's, it's fine. The Oscars are fine if you like those type of films. But for me, I just... I really love Spider-Man. I really love Marvel. I know a lot of people, us included, have talked about, are we having, you know, Marvel overload? But yeah, it's, it is a great film. And I know you haven't seen it yet. And I, I am dying to talk to you about it with spoilers. So we will save that for another day. But it was by far my favorite movie experience this year because I saw it with a super fan as well. And, and we were both just giddy the whole time so like it was a lot of fun i do think that if you are giving this award out uh, mm. you know the best movie that ryan murphy has seen this year you do need to like you can't spoil it for me obviously i would no. be very upset but you've got to give some context for why you chose it like i know you like marvel movies <laughs> but like you also saw other marvel movies right True. like what what is is it just the power of the spider-man character that immediately makes this this one better or is it that it is like how does it compare to say the two other tom holland spider-man films i i think it's i think it's the best of the three i think it is my favorite spider-man film that has come out uh again like this is personal opinion so yeah spoiler free what i'll say is this 
I think, you know, what is a uh, slow start having to deal with the ramifications of the previous film um, after that first 15 minutes or so, it really gets going. Those first 15 minutes are necessary, but it just doesn't stop from there. The pace is really strong. It just keeps pushing, keeps going. Um, it takes, I think, uh, and if you've seen the trailers, this is not necessarily a spoiler, but there are villains from um, previous Spider-Man films that show up. Uh, those are all in the trailers. And again, if you're if you're not watching the trailers and you're waiting to see it, you probably skipped forward on this conversation already, but essentially like it is taking what Marvel does best and what Sony has done. Well, I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, and, and it almost, they like had a meeting and say like, what, what is everything we want to do? Let's, let's check each other's balances. Let's make sure this all fits together and let's make like the Spider-Man film that Sony wants to make that Marvel wants to make. And just like, bring all those ideas together now that we've had two films under our belt a lot of people have complained like they're very connected to the marvel universe this one is as well however i really feel like they they nail that balance um and they do a great job with pacing and structure and giving everybody the proper screen time that they deserve and that's that's what i'll say it just feels like when you're explaining that, it sounds like a corporate exercise and less like a film. It's two movie studios that got in a back room. I give you a little bit, you give me a little bit. <laughs> let's do it up. You know, it doesn't sound like I know, but like if you like, saw the film, you'd kind of know what I'm getting at without spoiling it. Like I don't want to spoil it. So yes, when I say no. Sony and Marvel get together and they 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 put all the pros and cons list together and they figure out how to make this perfect film. Um, yeah, that sounds like corporate gobbledygook, but that that is what most of these films are. And I'll say this, that, yeah, like... It, I think the best movies in the MCU have been ones where a creative director has come in, like like um, like in Thor Ragnarok's case, mm -hmm. and just being like, I'm going to... I'm going to pick my style, pick my theme. I'm going to come up. Yeah. There's corporate machinations in the background, but it's like, it feels less like a corporate product and more like a film, I guess is my, is, is, is my hoping. And I will be you honest, like the two, the two Spider-Man films thus far with Tom Holland have been pretty good. Like, like the, the balance, the balance in terms of the character development for him and um, has, has been good. I particularly homecoming like as i think about it i've only ever seen far from home once um and that it occurs to me that the fact that i have and i have it accessible on disney plus is a sign that maybe uh maybe that movie isn't as strong as the, the homecoming which i've seen a few times now but uh but yeah no i i totally i totally get it i like I expect that when I see that movie, that it is like again. I'm a super spider fan. Like I, I mean, I, I'm I'm more than happy to have my my socks uh, blown off and stuff. I'm really bummed that I haven't seen it yet, but I'm even maybe hoping to go see it sometime this week. Um, so I, I am glad, and also the fact that it was something anticipated. Like we talked about on the show, we talked about trailers, we talked about leading up to it, and 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 speculation, and we had a bunch of conversations on it. They're really the film has kind of nowhere to go but fail at that point. Like when you're dissecting it to that level before it's even out. And so the fact that you're coming out of it, but like, you know what? Didn't fail. It's the best movie I saw this year. I mean, that's a that's a huge that's a huge compliment right out the gate. Yeah. I I mean, I think that uh 
I'll be honest. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of films this year. Not a lot that that come to mind. I uh, there wasn't a lot that did come out. Like I watched uh, Venom two. It's, it's available digitally now. It was all right. It was another Venom film. It, you know, but it, but it didn't like make any. It, it probably made a top ten list for me because I only probably saw ten films that that I could probably remember. I don't watch a lot of movies. I, I find I watch more TV these days. But I think that. Um, what they achieved with Spider-Man No Way Home is uh, is an interesting sort of it's it's interesting to see like Marvel build something like this and and get away with it right like and it really comes down to the fact that Sony has still a large you know piece of that pie which is the Spider-Man character and it almost makes you wonder like when is Sony gonna start pulling you know some of these, uh, you know, expertise and creativity and ideas from Marvel to, to sort of bolster their own efforts with, you know, Morbius still looks like not great. You know, Venom and Venom 2 have been okay, but nothing to like, it, it's on the, like the levels of like, I, I, I liked Black Widow. I would put Black Widow and Venom and, or at least Venom 2 in the same category where like Black Widow was okay. It was great. It was what it was, but like it didn't necessarily you know, uh, blow up the Marvel list, you know? Well, this is what I've been feeling lately. I, I feel in with the Marvel overload, it's like, it's been amazing to me over the past, like 10 plus years, how they've been taking these uh, B C level characters mm-hmm. and, and then turning them into like blockbuster events. Like the fact that a movie, like a comic book series that's on the verge of cancellation, like guardians of the galaxy can become like a major blockbuster. It's just, just absolutely crazy. But it feels like this year, this year, you know, they had black widow, which was, you know, a revisit of a character that is, that is kind of run its course. And I don't want to spoil why that is, but, um, but also, also like, um, uh, Shang-Chi again, C D level character in the comics, the Eternals, whatever is below a D level characters in the comics, F level characters. Uh, and, uh, and then Spider-Man, a true triple a hitter. Um, and, and like, it feels like the, the touch to make these, these, these weird character side characters, like the main event is starting to fade. People want, people are starting to see the wheat from the chaff and being like, we want, we want the big guys we want, or the, and, and girls. We don't, we don't, we don't want just like, to see the the C list, and if it is going to be the C list, like an Ant Man or whatever, then they have to have a guest star, or they have to have a big a big thing that's going to get you in the door, right? So at least that's how I feel. Uh, but I don't want to I don't want to bog bog us down because we have a lot of categories still to run through, and we still haven't done the second movie character category, which is the best movie Crofton saw this year, mm-hmm. uh, which I I know a lot of people have been waiting for since they heard about the daddies. Um, what is, and you know what, everything Ryan said is, is, is accurate. I, as a, as a father, it's, it's tough. Like you have some time in the evening and if you're committing to a movie, it's like, that's your evening. Right. And it's sometimes easier. Like you watch an episode of a show and then you have an out you can be like, Hey, do you want to watch another episode with movies? It's challenging. And so because of that, the movies that I ended up watching the most of this year were, children's films um and uh i have to say uh, my best movie of the year 
and one that I'm hoping to watch again on, on vacation. It goes way back to earlier in the year and it was on Netflix. It has a Spider-Man connection because it's made by the people who made Into the Spider-Verse, which was one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man films, is The Mitchells versus The Machines. Mm. Um, and uh, Ryan, did you ever see that? I know we talked about it in the past. I forget if you'd seen it. I did. I watched it with the kids. I'm, I'm, this is going to be a common thread, uh, but I can't, I can't believe that movie came out this year. It feels like it came out last year. Oh no, absolutely. It's way back and it's a deep, it's a deep cut. And I was just thinking, but I was thinking about it and it stuck with me and every once in a while there's an animated film that does that. And I remember Inside Out was another one and I wasn't even a dad when I saw Inside Out, but those dad films and the Mitchells uh, versus the Machines is absolutely a dad film um and in particular it's a daddy daughter film uh and it uh, it is super enjoyable has an amazing uh, uh, animated style super hilarious great performances and as i mentioned at the time it absolutely wrecked me and it, it snuck off on me to do it because it's not the type of movie that you would think would but by the time it gets to the end and it, it, it's, it's playing my heartstrings like a friggin fiddle in the same way that into the spider-verse did when they when they did the scene in into the spider-verse the leap of face scene with miles that kind of like gets your hair standing on end and it's like they built to that they've earned that scene well the mitchells versus the machines does that as well so for me um Again, I didn't see a ton of movies this year, but I saw none that that I thought about for as long or that resonated me with me as much as the Mitchells uh, versus the Machines. Uh, so that's why Mitchells versus the Machines from Netflix is the best movie Crofton saw this year. Congratulations! Very good. good. Well, well deserved. Well it's a deserved. Good film. It's a good film. I uh, I really enjoyed watching it with the kids, and it's one of the rare films where both Caden and Abigail sat through the whole thing with me, uh, per, you know, provided we had snacks, um, which helps, but, um, I really loved it. The kids really loved it. And yeah, we were probably due up to watch it again. Uh, it's been, it's been since the summer. It actually came out, uh, in the spring, April, um, of this it was year. even like it was earlier than that, but I watched it when it around when it came out, and I know we talked about it at that at that time as well. Anyway, just a great great one, and uh, definitely like in the theme of this show for sure. Like if if you want to watch with your kids, I'm imp I'm impressed with your kids. Like Gwen was in for it, but it's too much for Clara. And my wife was asking me like, "Hey, if you keep talking about this movie, if we watched it, would like could Clara watch it?" And I'm, I was like, I, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I think she would, she would tune out. Um, mm. But, uh, but such is life. Three year olds, what you gonna do? Yeah. All right, next category. We're entering the world of video games here, Ryan, um, and we're going to talk about the best new game Ryan played this year. The best new video game. That is a game that came out in 2021. That Ryan Murphy, co-hoster of this podcast played this year ryan i am talking a long time building this up because i know you don't know the categories you <laughs> haven't thought about it you play a lot of games it's not like the movies where you've barely seen any movies you've played a lot of games so i'm trying to give you the runway that you need to formulate your thoughts and tell us what is the best new game Ryan Murphy played this year. Ah, oh, the best new game, just one. It's funny because on the Gamers Inn, we do a, a game of the year episode. We just we just posted it um, shortly before Christmas, 
it, we do a games of of whatever year it is so games of 2021 that we really enjoyed and um yeah like uh i usually don't rank just copy and paste it i know but i have to pick one and i have five sitting in front of me oh well that's great you're (laughs) already you're already doing and there's added value for your gamers in listeners they can be like oh well he didn't rank them he just said five games but now he's got to decide which of those five is the best ryan those are like nominees so why don't you read out the nominees (laughs) and then you can tell us which one wins all right um the nominees for Ryan's favorite game, a favorite new game of 2021, are Metroid Dread. By, I'm trying to read them like a like the Oscars yeah. would. <laughs> Metroid Dread. Metroid yeah. Dread on Nintendo Switch. This one's produced by. Uh, I don't have that in front of me, and yeah. really, and uh, it would be hard to pronounce. Yeah, yeah all right. Also, that uh, I won't do that. And uh, next we have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, uh-huh. Mass Effect Legendary Edition technically came out this year, but is a repackaging slash That's empty. total cheat, but keep going. It's yeah. fine. Uh, Life is Strange True Colors plus oh, their Wavelengths DLC. Really enjoyed that one. And um, I have to throw another one in here because this one didn't come out in 2021, but uh, I can probably put... I can probably put... Um, oh, what do we put in here? Let's put in uh, Tales of Arise. No, I never finished that one. Bowser's Fury as part of Super Mario 3D World. is Bowser's it? Fury. Well, I think by Ryan struggling to get that fifth one in, we can sort of pretty much say it's not that one, which yeah. leads us to four others. The way that, look, I'm going to, the way that you said the um, Life is Strange made it sound like you liked it, but maybe it wasn't the thing. So I'm going to take that one out. Also, you've never mentioned it on the show, which means it probably, probably sucks. Um, so the other, so the other three that leaves me with, what, what are your last three? This is how the Oscars work, too. They basically have one guy read the nominees and then another guy in the room go, yeah, I just didn't like the mustard that you, yeah. you read that, that those two with. So uh, we're just going to take those off. I think that's how yeah. they had that uh, La La Land issue. Um, yeah. Oh, it's true. It's like, uh, you know, La La Land is so much more fun to say than Moonrise. La La Land. Can I just say that one? You know, yeah. Was that the controversy um, that it was Moonrise or it was? Yeah, I can't it, was, remember. it was Moonrise that won, but okay. La La Land. Uh, got red is the winner haven't seen either of them but uh this is favorite video game so yeah like i really enjoyed life is strange true colors i mean obviously if you want to hear all my thoughts you can listen to the most recent gamers in but i think if i had to pick one just based on you know a game i really enjoyed uh, a game that that kind of deserves as much accolades as possible because they only make so many of them that's got to be metroid dread um i absolutely adored metroid dread and the fact that it is a sequel to a a game that came out you know nearly 20 years ago is just it's awesome that nintendo has returned to it finally um it i think sticks the landing in terms of the marketing of the end of the 2d metroid saga um they they cap that and obviously they could Nintendo it and be like, oh, you know, but there was one more Metroid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really at the end of that game, and this isn't, it's not really a spoiler because I'm just saying basically that they, really, they, in the end, they craft a story. This is what happens. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say that, uh-huh. but they craft a story that fits the, the, the marketing narrative of, hey, we're ending this saga, which is the Metroid saga. They're not going to change the game's name to you know samus or whatever it's still going to be called metroid but i think that 
that promise of of concluding that story i think uh it it worked and it's a shorter game i think we talked about this on this show and that it is a you know eight to ten hour experience i 100 percented it but at the end of the day like i kind of dig a game that that knows how to tell a uh i, I don't want to say it's an amazing story but present some great gameplay some fun moments and present a story you know in a in a in a sub 15 hour experience because man, we don't have a lot of time to be able to finish a game within the time frame of people discussing it is really cool. Cause you don't get to do that very often when you have two plus kids. Um, it's, it's not easy. I also played Metroid Dread and I very much enjoyed it. It is a, a very good game. Uh, I, I like, I would, I will spoil and say it will be not the winner of the next category. Uh, but, uh, but I definitely think that it is, it, it is a, uh, it is a great game. And I, I just would like, I would like them to continue to make these types of games. Uh, and they took the, this big, you know, time off from it. And uh, um, I'm, I'm hoping that the sales justify, like, it, it seems like, you know, I don't know enough about game development to say, but it seems like it, this would have been a portable game if Nintendo still had two uh, business models like yeah. console and portable. And the, the portable games, you know, would be less expensive to make. And therefore, the profit margin would be greater. I, I just feel like if they got good return on this, they could make other um, – like I'm not saying that they're not complicated to make. Just the fact of, of thinking where all the pieces fit so that it fits together so perfectly is 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 a big – is a you know a big endeavor but yeah i i i enjoyed it uh i enjoyed it a lot too but it is not the best new game crofton played this year uh and mm. uh, that is the next category uh best new game crofton played this year and uh yeah uh i again like ryan i played a, i played a lot of games there's a lot that i haven't though i got for christmas like i got resident evil village i know a lot of people have been talking about that i haven't played it yet I'm playing through Halo Infinite right now, which is I'm enjoying way more than I thought I would. Like especially, you know, the multiplayer. I don't I don't normally get into that stuff, but I'm having a really good time with it. Uh, and and uh, and so no, definitely a good one. Um, and there's there's a bunch of a bunch of other good experiences, but I will say that I feel like I spent more of my video game time with games that came out. Uh, in other years than, than came out this year. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, often the games that came out this year didn't look so great in comparison. And I, again, I have, I missed a lot of indies and stuff like that. Um, Xbox had a huge year. Forza uh, five um, cracked the driving game code where Ryan and I talked about it before. And, uh, and then Halo, uh, was the two sort of double whammy. I got a Series X this year, so I spent a lot of time with it. Spent a lot of time with Sea of Thieves and played a lot with my friends. It's an ongoing game; it's constantly being updated. I played it for the first time this year, but it's not an it's not a new game. But the best uh, game I played this year, a new game, was on Xbox, and it was Psychonauts Two. Um, and Psychonauts is uh, a game that I missed out on. Uh, when it came out on the original Xbox. And um, I love the Monkey Island games. I love Day of the Tentacle. I love all those Gilbert Schaefer games. Um, uh, when Psychonauts came out, Double Fine was just sort of kicking off. It was their first major release after some smaller ones. And um, 
and yeah, it just uh, like the art style was Tim Burton esque. I was like, all the makings there were were there for something that I would enjoy. But at the same point, I was like, you know, I was a teen. I was like too cool for school. Maybe not a teen, a young adult. I was like, oh, this is a kid's game or whatever. Or like, this is what I used to. Like, I want to shoot dude to the head. Ah, you know, like. But uh, but so I miss Psychonauts, and uh, I never went back to it. I tried starting it up a couple of times like i i have it the xbox version of it and uh and i think i even got a bundle pack that has a pc version of it but i never i never really i never really played it so if it wasn't for game pass i'm not sure i would have given psychonauts 2 that much time either but it got strong reviews i started playing it and i was like oh man am i going to be really confused and at the beginning Oh boy, I was very confused. Um, it it starts off right where I go nuts and one ends, um, and you get right into it. But I, by the time you finish that game, and the gameplay is good, it's not like Mario level tight spectacular. And I had just come off Mario Odyssey. It's another three D platformer, so that you feel that a little bit. Although it's still, it feels pretty good. You get all these powers. You balance them. It's, it creates this awesome world, these awesome char- characters, and the story is just so good and told so well. It, the fact that you go into each character's brain allows them to have these creative worlds, but also allows them to tackle themes in really interesting ways, but also allows them to have exciting platforming and cool bits and awesome ideas. It never, as soon as I was getting tired of something, there was a new trick, and I played it with my daughter through. Maybe a little much for her. She didn't catch all the nuances. I'm kind of glad of that. But I mean, for me, when I see it lined up against these other nominees, and again, I haven't played Resident Evil Village, but to me, it looks like shooting scary monsters in the face. I've done that a lot before. Psychonauts 2, to me, operates on a whole other plane of existence. Force of 5 is about the best driving game it can be, but... It's a driving game. No offense to people who love driving games. It, it's not making me think about mental illness in a different way. And I'm not saying that all things should, but Psychonauts does that and makes the sugar go down very sweetly with, with everything. Uh, so, yeah, that's why it is the best game Crofton played this year. New game, that is. Nice. Well, there you go. I uh, I had played a little bit of Psychonauts 2 uh, with Caden and I have not been able to finish it yet. Uh, but I, everything you said is absolutely correct. I mean, it is a fun game. It's a, it's great to play platformers again. I think they've come back in a big way this year with Ratchet and Clank and, and Psychonauts 2 and others. And, uh, it's great to see Double Fine return to that, you know, franchise. I know a lot of people love the original Psychonauts. I know they, you know, Double Fine really loved, uh, the, making the original Psychonauts. It's, um, I'm glad it came out. I'm glad Microsoft was able to help them push it across the finish line. Cause I know there was some, you know, anecdotal stories out there about, you know, development stories about how if it weren't for Microsoft's funding, they would have had to cut a good chunk of the game to actually release it. Um, so they, they were able to make the game that they set out to make, which is awesome. That's, that's what we want to hear. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just such a good game. And I know, I know that it's like, it's not, it's not as inviting in for everyone as like, you know, the latest hotness thing. It, it there's there's some work you got to do to sort of get into it, but it, it works in the way that an animated movie works. And if you you get on with these characters and and there's a mystery and the mystery has a huge twist in it, and the the twist is is earned and like um like I I can't think of any story uh, from a game this year that that hit me as much as that one but also the game was fun to play throughout so I mean it it managed to 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 work 
to to pull a double a double trick. And like again, I haven't played games like Inscription. I haven't played Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank came out around the same time, and I know it was <clears throat> billed as a showcase for PlayStation Five and stuff. But I do feel that Psychonauts, which was also released around that time, stole a little bit of its thunder. I didn't play Deathloop either, which is one that people talk about. I, I plan on playing that when it comes out on the Xbox Series X. Um, anyway, Ryan, we are now uh, through the movies and the and the new games, which leads me uh, like I, I feel like you have seen these categories. You may be able to predict the next category. Um, do you want to try or would you like me to just tell you? Uh, I mean, it's funny movies and video games. Uh, is it TV? Because of it, it could it be TV. Best TV show. Ryan Murphy saw this year is the category. Uh, you know, we can switch it out. I can go first. If yeah. You, you go it first. You go first. Yeah. All right. Best TV show Crofton saw this year. And it's beneficial because it will give Ryan some time to, formulate his thoughts now again like i saw a lot more tv than i did movies um and uh it is funny because this was the year that all those marvel shows hit disney plus i've yet to see hawkeye i intend to watch it but i saw the other three um we were watching the witcher right now we watched the wheel of time just recently there's a bunch of these shows that we watched ted lasso um a lot of a lot of good genre shows like you know fantasy sci-fi um, a superhero, a, a lot of that stuff. I, I recognize that a lot of them went down quite nicely when I watched them. But then as I look back at the year, I'm just like, eh, yeah, I guess that was all right. You know, but I, there was, there was none that got me so excited that, that I think back to so fondly as only murders in the building. And that is why it is the best TV show Crofton saw this year. And his wife got him a T-shirt from Only Murders in the Building for Christmas. And we were both, Crofton and his wife, were both trying to buy each other tie-dye hoodies. And this is a, a thing that, that that is in the show. And neither one of us were able to do so because they're leaving money on the table for no discernible reason. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it, is, it is a Disney Plus show. But is, it is a part of their stars package or whatever. I don't know, in Canada. But it's a it's a murder mystery about these three podcast aficionados, uh, played by Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and their various misadventures in solving a mystery. So it's essentially a murder mystery. Which honestly, I really like good, good murder mysteries. They're just super fun. And uh, when when Knives Out came out uh, a couple years ago, I was really into Knives Out. And but it's just. Like I like them to be with kind of a light touch, you know. I like that comedy angle. Like I don't want a big somber thing, even though it's murder, right? Like whatever. Uh, like uh, finding that balance is tough. And and that TV show for some reason just nailed it. And we were watching the our mainline show was Ted Lasso season two at that time, and we liked Ted Lasso season two. It's really great, but we were watching it kind of like intermittently with only murders in the building. And sometimes we had one new episode of both available and we would look at each other on the couch and be like, which one do you want to watch first? And without, you know, it's pretty much consistently we would be like, Oh, let's watch only murders first. Right. Cause that was the one 
that was like it was it's funnier often lighter but also just like it was a breath of fresh air this year for me on tv so boom that's it that's it for me ryan i've given you enough time to go through your tv brain and determine what the best tv show ryan murphy saw this year was oh uh this is a tough one because i think when i think about tv shows i don't we don't we talk a lot about tv on this show but I also watch a lot of TV, and, you, and you're absolutely right. This was the year that Marvel released their their series, and um, you're also absolutely correct in that they're fun to watch. They're really fun to watch. Uh, most of them have connections to the films that we look forward to seeing. But um, when I think back to them, like I think in the moment they're really good, but do they stand above all other TV that I watched? And and uh, it's it's not true, but yeah, we watch a, I watch a lot of TV too. I really loved, uh, you know, um, only murders in the building. Um, Ashley and I both really enjoyed it. It was a show that, uh, a, we loved cause it was, it was a half hour. So it was a quick watch, which was really nice. Um, we have a lot of hour long shows and that can be a, a bit of a bit much on our schedule. Um, but the show I'm going to say was my, my favorite new show of the year, uh, which was also, um, one that, kind of broke through our traditional way of watching tv which is like okay we have an hour and a half we're gonna watch one episode and and then after that we're gonna we're gonna go to bed we're not gonna stay up late because you know uh we got kids in the morning you know who knows we might have kids throughout the night um and that is a midnight mass which was a netflix series all of it dropped at once. Yeah. No, I'm just it's surpri- it's surprising. I, I hadn't even thought of that. I haven't seen it, but awesome. Let, let us know why. Well, Sorry. I, no, no, no. That's fine. I, I think that uh, for me, Midnight Mass was one of those where I've always said on the show, I don't like the binge model. Uh, obviously, that's more just in line with how my free time like i don't i don't like when we look at the witcher season two i've had a chance to watch 10 minutes of the of the second season um and that is a show i'm very much looking forward to watching but it 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 hit right around the holidays and um i just haven't had time to watch it but midnight mass is one of those shows it was all available we watched it after everyone was raving about it and ashley and i sat down to watch it and it was one of those shows that broke through the the mold in terms of like we have to keep we have to keep watching, even though it is 10 o'clock and then, and the episode ends on a cliffhanger like most of them do. And we're like, well, we got to watch the next 10 minutes just to see where it, where it goes, like how it picks back up. So it was a show that we both very much enjoyed. We don't normally watch like the horror genre or the thriller genre, but this one really stuck with us. We really enjoyed it. And it's a story that is worth experiencing you know, unspoiled, especially in the later half of the series. I think it has a lot of great character moments. Um, if you like any of Mike Flanagan's stuff, like uh, Haunting of of uh, Haunting the his Haunting of series, I think it's Bly Manor, and there's one more. I can't remember it. Did but Hill House. Hill House. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Hill House and Bly Manor. Um, Hill House being his first uh, Netflix series, and then I think Blind Manor was this, the follow up. I haven't been able to watch either of them just because they're too <laughs> they're too scary. But I think Midnight Mass presents a different type of scary story, where it's not necessarily about the 
the the scares but it's about the fear it's about the building tension it's about what are these characters going to do and it's also about the mystery there's a mystery there that is a uh, unfolding on this island and again it was one of those shows that kind of broke through and was like we wanted to keep watching even though it probably meant a later um a a, a a more tired next day but it was also a show that we pushed other shows around to to finish you know because it was all available and they're all hour-long plus shows we we needed to make room in our schedule to watch it so yeah we really enjoyed it it was a huge surprise for us um of course there's been tons of television you mentioned ted lasso um i think if i think if ted lasso season one had come out this year it probably would have you know, been my mention, but like, I think I, not that I didn't enjoy season two. I just, I feel like midnight mass was one of those unique experiences that I can't think of anything else really that we've watched and what they do in that show and how they take, you know, horror tropes and your typical, um, lore and mythos of a certain thing and, and run with it and change it and make it and make connections where you're like, Oh yeah, that's, kind of interesting so i'm trying not to spoil it but i really did enjoy it i think um i think if you hadn't had a chance to watch it and you have a netflix subscription it is a really good watch and it's uh it's it's a finite series beginning middle end seven episodes seven hours find the time it's it's well worth it but uh, but great for the holidays yeah yeah actually uh i don't know i don't know if it has there's definitely no holiday connection but uh yeah, it's a great uh, holiday watch for sure. Uh, I I think that's cool. Um, it made me you you made a good point when talking about Ted Lasso if its first season came out. It the idea that when something is new as well, um, it it is it is challenging. Like unless unless you're in a situation where you like flub your first and then knock it out of the park your second. I'm thinking about like The Office or Parks and Recreation where the the first seasons were very rough and then they really knocked it out the second and then the, everybody's like oh just start working watching with the second season it's you know it's the thing mostly like if you have a big breakout season or a big breakout thing and the series continues well well then it's a known commodity like yes am i going to watch season 2 of only murders in the building yes am i going to enjoy it as much as season 1 probably not because it can't surprise me a second time or it's unlikely to right um and 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 what i like about uh mike flanagan's pieces is that he does these series um and then he 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 does six or seven episodes a year of something it's his kind of name that's the selling point and that it's on netflix and then it's over so you know it's going to resolve itself and then you're back next time for his next thing, you know? So I think, I think that's kind of a, a, a cool approach um, to keep things fresh. It's not anthology like American horror story, but almost like it's different, different bits um, for sure. All right, Ryan. So we have done best movie, best new game, best TV show. Uh, and now we have two categories left. Um, and the first category is the best old game, movie, or TV show that you experienced this year. And again, because this one is loaded, because I want you to take time to, to think about it, because, Ryan, you are a man of the here and now. You are the, the let's, let's, let's hit the, the next thing. I've got a podcast to put out. 
There, there might not be as much of it as there was for me, but I am going to go with the best old game movie or TV show that Crofton um, played this year. And this is going to be – this was really, really challenging for me because I have two nominees, and they are uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I played from beginning to end with my daughter this year and was an amazing experience. Um uh, I had never finished the game previously, and just it was just so great uh, playing playing through it with her. And the other game that I played through with her with her through beginning to end was Dragon Quest Eleven. And these games are both very similar in their their fantasy games, but one is narratively driven, driven, like it's the story that's pushing you through, which is the Dragon Quest, and one is much more gameplay driven, which is Zelda. And it's kind of challenging because it is there, you know, like it feels like Zelda should take this because anybody, any gamer with this worth their salt would probably say that is the better game, and you know, I I would I would likely agree with that. My it also captured my daughter's imagination. She drew all these art from Zelda that she put up in her room of the different dragons and stuff. Uh, she was really, really into it. Um, but that said, I think the edge this year, best old game movie TV show that I experienced this year is going to go to Dragon Quest XI. And uh, it is, there's nothing that is more fun than watching a movie or, or watching a show or watching a um a game, a game with your daughter uh, or son, where where you know the beats, and you're like watching the corner of their out of your eye of their face to see their reaction to these things, and um, there's just so much twists and turns, but like very tropey. Uh, it's a, it's a traditional JRPG, but it's one that she's never experienced before, done up to the nines, and we're going on these adventure with all these young characters, and she's getting attached to them, and twists are happening, and oh goodness they used to not like each other and now they're friends oh my you know like all of those beats and and the way that she perceived it and and the experience of playing it with her makes it makes it take the edge and i'm not saying it's the best game i'm just saying it takes the edge in the category best old game slash movie slash tv show that crofton experienced this year so the congratulations dragon quest 11 you did it echoes of an elusive age your uh that elusive age is the age of having fun with your daughter so uh so great uh, great stuff there ryan have you had time you can either comment on echoes of elusive of an elusive age or you can perhaps bring us uh your uh your nominee or your winner for best old game movie tv show that ryan murphy experienced this year well i do have one i i i went back into my my brain i'm like okay uh video games absolutely right i i think i kept it mostly close to new games um i don't often return i had a couple of you know i had one game in particular that i did return to that came out a while ago uh, which was um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I did it for a uh, what we call the Update Corner, which was a Patreon-exclusive sort of segment that I do uh, for the Gamers Inn. But, um, and we've, we've since moved into Tales of Arise. That's what we're working on right now. But uh, I, I wanted to... Um, I, I, I didn't want to go video game. I felt like video game's kind of easy for me, uh, but there was only one that jumped to mind, so, so maybe not as easy, but... Uh, TV, as I mentioned, I watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, 
uh, also find it difficult to go back to a show, but I find with TV, when things are complete, or at least getting close to complete in terms of a series, I find it very easy to, to, to say to Ashley, like, hey, like, you know, we're always looking for something new to add into the mix when it comes to television. We have our regular shows. We have our regular genres that we go to when, when they pop up on streaming services. And obviously there's the recommendations like Only Murders in the Building and Ted Lasso and whatnot. Uh, but one that would constantly be, you know, you're, everyone's always looking for that office replacement, like that 20 minutes, surefire, funny stuff. Um, and, and, a series that kind of came close, didn't quite hit, it's going to be hard to hit the office, but uh, is Superstore, is a show that um, has been running for six seasons now, it's it's complete now, just wrapped uh, earlier this year, um, it's full run, funny enough, it's final season, not funny, but it's final season, is, takes place completely in the pandemic, uh, or at least what I've seen so far of it, and um which is kind of interesting to see because a lot of shows addressed it, but then quickly moved on as if the world was, you know, back to normal, which is an interesting take because it certainly hasn't come back to normal. Um, right. There's a couple shows that we've watched that returned after production stalls and they do like one or two episodes where it's like, yeah, we're in a pandemic. And then, you know, quickly, you know, resolves into like no social distancing, no mass, no, 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 no. And, uh, but Superstore, you know, its first five seasons is dealing with this Walmart-esque store, this cast of quirky characters that work there, and their daily lives of dealing with like a corporate type um, setup and, and all the fun that comes with that. Uh, but then this final season that just got added to Netflix, so all of it's on Netflix right now, at least in Canada, and uh, the sixth season basically starts with the pandemic starting and it, you know everyone's masks there's social distancing like they kind of incorporate all of that uh like you like how would you ignore it you know working in a store of course like there is that stuff going on right so you kind of can't write the pandemic off the show because it's happening um so yeah we really enjoyed our time with it uh, we watched the first five seasons you know um at the beginning of the year and you know now we're closing out the year by by watching the sixth season of of Superstore, and we really are enjoying it. We we did we enjoyed the first five seasons, um, and we're enjoying this final season that just got added to Netflix. So like that that would be my old sort of you know not this year show because uh, you've definitely mentioned it before, and you're not the only one who's mentioned it to me. I I really do feel I do enjoy those shows. I. I... I've often labeled them Mike Schur shows. Uh, yeah. He was, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, uh, Good Place, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, Parks and Rec office guy. But, but yeah, that make you feel good. That it's just a fun comedy and stuff. So I, I totally checked that one out. I think that's a, that's a good pick. Did not call you going with a TV show, but makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Ryan, that brings us to our final award of the evening. Are you ready? I am. I don't know what it's going to be. All right. It is uh, the uh, – so it's, again, divided by Crofton and Ryan. So it is uh, Ryan Murphy's best dad moment of the year. And as you know, this show is Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, a lot of our categories today, we're celebrating the best in the dungeons. Some of them were things that we did 
in the diapers, such as uh, watching games or movies with her kids, playing games, watching movies with her kids. But what is our best actual dad moment of the year? Ryan, this is a this is a tough one. Like I will be honest, I feel like I'm throwing you into the deep end of the pool here, picking out just you also you have three kids, so you choose <laughs> You choose the wrong one, you know, like the others will listen to this. They'll be so sad True. that your best, my best dad moment of the year was with Caden, you know, the other, the other two, you know, like you don't, you don't want that. So let me just ask you, Ryan, are you, do you feel equipped right now to announce Ryan Murphy's 2021 best dad moment of the year? Or do you want me to, to go first? I feel I feel like I have one. I mean, yes. Uh, I'm gonna apologize to Isabel. It's uh, you're you're awesome, um, but in in the context of the story I'm about to tell, uh, it is not your year for this specific story. But it, but in terms of next year, Isabel. Next year, Isabel. Maybe next year. You know, it's tough. It's it's tough competition. Tough competition. But you know, um, we love all the nominees. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. Um, but no, I would say that uh, best dad moment was, um, you know, this year, uh, due to the circumstances of the pandemic, both Caden and Abigail were starting school um, this year in person. And that included everything from, you know, taking the bus, uh, you know, um, meeting new teachers, meeting new kids, being in a school of, of hundreds of kids. And, and, you know, Caden having some experience, Abigail having zero experience of, of these social interactions. Um, and I think like my best dad moment is definitely like having that, um, getting to that moment where I think it was the parent teacher interviews where both the teachers are telling us like how well both of them are doing, you know, um, and, and Caden, he didn't struggle as much as Abigail. Uh, we've, we've had to, we certainly had struggles with Caden in school, but for the most part, he was socially doing fine. Happy to get on the bus, happy to go to school, happy to get off the bus, like just happy in general with, with school. Um, but Abigail struggled with the bus and wanting to go to school. And I think rightfully so having no, you know, social experiences of at, at that level she's very social she loves you know meeting new people and whatnot um and she's always open to a conversation i think sometimes she surprises like i think we had um one of ashley's aunts and uncles down who lives uh, in the states and they've obviously only met caden when he was a baby and they've never met abigail or isabel and abigail's just chatting them up like 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 she knows she's known them for years Right, so she's very social, but obviously, you know, school is a, bit, a very different beast. But no, that my favorite moment, uh, favorite dad moment, was being in those you know, parent-teacher interviews and just hearing these great stories of how um, Abigail has sort of, you know, uh, turned a new leaf uh, at school. She's excited to be there, and she's had her struggles since then. It was, it was certainly not perfect right after that moment, but like, yeah, getting them into school and. <laughs> It's funny sharing the story now and then realizing like at the top of the show, we talked about whether they're actually going to be going back in a week, um, which opens up a whole other host of, of issues and stuff. But I think like, yeah, my favorite moment was seeing them go to school and enjoy it. And again, it seems like a cop out to say like, oh, best dad moments when we ship the kids off to school. But I think 
obviously it's an important part of their lives and to see them thrive with it is just a, such a cool moment because it is you as a parent, like, you know, letting go for it's not like you're just dropping them off at daycare where they're just going to be watched for a little bit and then you're picking them up at the end of the day though this is you know with no offense isabel (laughs) but i keep throwing her under the bus i'm so sorry Um, (laughs) but you know um that you know sending them off to school and being like okay like it's up to you now to not you know, do bad things at school. And the teachers obviously are going to have a a part in that as well. And it's just this weird like moment of, of letting go after like four or five years of, of, you know, being there at every moment. And uh, it was, it was certainly some, it was certainly something to experience. And um, yeah, it was, it was really great. And uh, I, I really enjoyed the kids coming home from, school every day, you know, emptying their backpacks and like pulling out a bunch of artwork and coloring that they did. Cause I guess they can't store anything at the school. So they bring it home, uh, which I think isn't pandemic related. I think it's just the teachers being like, you recycle this <laughs> or whatever, or, or put it up on the fridge. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. Um, I think we have like a, we have like a buffer rule where it sort of stays present for a week. And, and then if they really want to, they can put it up on their, on their wall they have. But yeah, like that was my favorite moment was just, getting that uh that accomplishment you know of of the kids going to school enjoying school and and thriving in it is is really it was a really good moment and i'm probably forgetting something but like that's the the first thing that popped into my head so if i'm missing something like if ashley's listening to this and she's like uh remember that moment when that crazy thing happened remember yeah. when isabel took her first steps oh, oh right no that wasn't this year yeah, no it just, no one. I, was it? oh wait Oh, those moments are overblown. Don't worry, Ryan. Um, so, <laughs> it was so, this uh, year. Yeah, she uh, did. What was it this year? This year's been a long. I feel like she's been walking for a while. You know what? Walking, everybody does it. You know, whatever. No, um, so, great. So, so I'm really annoyed because you essentially. Uh, I I thought we might have some overlap in some of our awards. But we we really did not like. Uh, there's a couple of times where like I thought, oh, Ryan's going to pull out the same thing as me here, or he's going to be. But uh, but no, it was we are different people with different awards. But yet, this were, this one is similar for me, um, and it's funny because I'm going to cop out my own award here a little bit, which is um, which is like it's been a tough year. Like every every everybody everybody knows it. It's been a tough year. And the, uh, Ryan, Ryan focused it on that moment that, that, that the teachers sort of essentially said that like, you know, you're, you're doing, your kids are doing great. You, you didn't F up. Things are, things are, things are going, going great. And that is essentially that, that same kind of takeaway moment that, that was my dad moment of the year or, you know, the first half right into the summer vacation, I'm sitting, you know, often next to my daughter, uh, six at the time, doing her grade one virtually over the computer, and um, she's she's trying to do it, and I'm trying to help her out, and I'm trying to work at the same time, and I'm just listening to her questions. I'm like a fly on the wall in the classroom, and she's so smart and she's so participate participative. She's just so nice to everyone. Um, and it just made me feel really good. Uh, and that is just ample, you know, amplified throughout the year, getting that, that view into her classroom. And then, then as they've returned to school, her wanting to, you know, make Play-Doh for the class, uh, or, or her, her, um, 
you know, parents contacting us to want to do play dates uh, with with Gwen, including one parent of a special needs kid that uh, only likes Gwen because she treats him so well. Um, just, you know, was, was a con- constant reinforcement of like how, how great she's been this year. I know like Clara, y- you're great too. You'll have next year. By the time you're old enough to listen to this show, I think that you can, you can like get, get back on the horse. You know, I love you too, sweetheart. Clara, Clara has been awesome. And I think it's both, both of them, uh, both Gwen and Clara, my dad moment of the year is just like, it, 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 there's been a couple of times during the year where I've just had like a realization, like, man, this year has sucked, but I've somehow pulled this off as a parent with, with my wife and, uh, and my kids are super awesome despite what's, what's happened. And to have that realization, uh, you know, once, twice, three times, it's what kept me going this year. Like being like, you know, the, the girls are happy. They're doing great. They're great people, despite everything that's going on around them. Uh, and, uh, it wasn't one, like Ryan, you did a good job of pointing out to one particular where you're getting the feedback from the teacher. You're like, damn right. They're good. You know? Uh, whereas, whereas for me, it was more sort of my own introspection over, over the course of the year. But yeah, anyway, like my, my, my dad moment of the year was it's, it's, it's the reason I say cop out was because it's essentially, I'm saying my dad moment of the year was being proud of my children. Um, and, uh, but to a certain extent, that's what it was. They had to face adversity that I didn't have to face, um, and, uh, have, have overcome it thus far. And hopefully like, as we head back to more school computers, hopefully not have to do it again. But if they do, I know my, my, my daughter is going to be able to handle it super well. So, uh, so that is, that is it. We love our children. We're great dads, both dad moments of the year closed, closed up. Uh, and so Ryan, all that is left is the honorable mentions, uh, for any of the categories. If there was any, the thing that you wanted to mention, a child that you forgot, uh, um, a game, a movie, a TV show that you wanted to highlight, uh, now would be the time. I have a couple of honorable mentions, but I will I will punt over to you and see if if you if you want to uh, to mention anything that you didn't mention. You're in review, or is there anything of note in, 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 that Ryan Murphy has not touched on in his awards? Well, I mean, you made me feel bad, and I did the math, and I think I think Isabel would have started walking first part of this year, probably between January and March. Right? We don't one, care. So. No, know. I'm just kidding. I'm just it's, kidding. It's one of those funny things where it's just, <laughs> this is so true when you have uh, when you have more than I think two kids, or even more than one kid. I think the milestones, like you know, she's she she walking's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, that is something that she starts. So honorable man, runner up to kids doing well in school, uh, kid takes first steps. So there you go. Uh, I really apologize, Isabel, but Crofton only let me pick one. So, um, and this was the only way to include both, both Caden and Abigail. So, uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, Isabel's been doing, you know, superb. Uh, she's got no down really well. She's got don't. Uh, down really well she loves to climb up she she will literally take a chair from the kitchen table push it over to the counter two strategic points in the counter like over towards the to the toaster to grab like the candies in behind or over towards the coffee machine to start st- stacking my k-cups and um she will do all that 
and and then and then that's i think where she's picked up no and don't because like you're you're seeing her move the chair and you're like walking towards her and she's like no 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 i've got this no and i was like well you're not climbing on the counter it's just it's not happening <laughs> so you're getting down um she's obviously had a, 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 a so she started daycare as well like i mean in terms of I could have, I guess I could have included her as well, just in terms of her uh, starting daycare and having no experience and kind of, she still struggles with it from time to time, but no, she's doing really well. All, all the kids are. And yeah, like you, I'm not super looking forward to a return to virtual learning. I think um, now that Caden has had a taste of real school uh, or in-person school, I should say, it's all real school, um, in-person school, I think he's going to, he's going to you know, really question going back to virtual learning, having done both. I think he much prefers in-person learning, but I, I think Abigail is just not going to really, it's going to take some work to get her to um, be fine with staring at a screen now that she's gotten used to in-person as well. Um, so I, I, that'll be a challenge, I think. I'm going to say my honorable mentions for entertainment properties. So, uh, I'm going to say a couple of things. She TV show She-Ra was a, a Netflix show from a couple of years ago. My daughter got really into it this year. Three, I think it's three seasons or whatever. It's just like a revamp of that 1980s show. I think I mentioned it on this show before. And yeah, really just really great. Like fun to watch for both of us. Oh, what's going to happen next? Like character development. Now, now we're talking like, shows that are all you know interlocked and to be continued and beyond the average kid show and Gwen sort of fluctuates between those types of shows and the shows that Clara watches that are kind of like one episode and done but uh yeah She-Ra was a big hit this year uh you mentioned um some of the 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 Superstore show made me think about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and it is funny how the, when you get an episode of a show uh, dropped on you, uh, a season on Netflix, it kind of reduces that value of it because you're not consuming it over time. My wife and I watched all of the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the course of like a week. It had to do a lot, which is that it had to end the entire long-running show that had gone over two networks. It had to ad address the... Um, Black Lives Matter uh, and, and everything that happened over the past year, it had to address the pandemic. I mean, it and it had to do so while being funny, um, which was a, a big challenge. And I think that it really, uh, it really overcame it. And I think it stuck the landing. Um, the fact that I just consumed it so quickly over the course of a week, um, and then I forgot about it pretty quickly thereafter, it shouldn't be considered like a bad thing in so much as it's just that type of show it's like they really have a good time you watch you enjoy spending time in the world with those characters so i i i, I enjoyed it a lot as well so um and in in the honorable mentions um in the uh the video games i just i've got to like give it to nintendo in general um you know uh the the switch is being just our most used console continues to be uh, Super Smash Brothers. Almost took it away from Dragon Quest and uh, Zelda. Uh, my 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 daughter and I still play it all the time. She gave me Splatoon two for Christmas. I'm playing that uh, with her right now. Um, all of the games that uh, that we played throughout the year on the Switch, Animal Crossing constantly keeps her busy. We she plays games like Stardew Valley on the on the Switch. Like it's just it. 
it was a, it was a heck of a, a a year for the console for us, and last year as well. Um, you know, w- was a big switch year. So it, it has been a godsend. I know uh, that some folks don't have their kids play video games, and like I didn't have. Gwen play it out of the womb or anything, but uh, I didn't wait too too long. Um, and uh, I know some I know some folks are less comfortable with that, but I would just say like it's a friggin' pandemic. Like your kids need some fun and some sunshine and some light, and nobody nobody manufactures that in such industrial quantities as Nintendo. And so uh, yeah, the honorable mention to the Nintendo Switch for me this year. Yeah, that's good. I mean, if I had to throw one to entertainment, I I think that um, they made a good Paw Patrol movie. I hate to say it, but they did. (laughs) I still Uh, haven't seen it. uh, The kids really loved it. Um, We go back to it on occasion, and I liked it too. And uh, I was happy to to you know report to the kids that they're they're already working on a sequel, Um, and it's going to be Mighty Pups uh focused oh right off into the mighty pups huh? yeah yeah um Jeez. i i think it's just it, it, it look by no means is it like the best film ever but in terms of adapting um a children's show that it was clearly crafted to sell toys um it it, it does a good job and uh i liked it i liked for what it was i enjoyed the theater experience with the kids i enjoyed watching it again with the kids at home um because it was available digitally shortly after and uh yeah we had a good time with it um it by no means is going to make my top list like it's not going to beat out spider-man but um it was it was a fun watch and i really like uh shang chi as well i watched that when it arrived on disney plus and having watched kim's convenience i really really love the the main actor simu leo uh he did a great job as shang chi and um yeah, I can't wait to see more from that side of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Um, I got another one, uh, Game Pass, and um, <laughs> yes, and so honorable mention to Game Pass. I got an Xbox Series X this year, which I've made, mentioned maybe eighteen times um, this episode, and uh, and I PlayStation Four was my console of choice last generation. Xbox Three Sixty was my console of choice the generation before. So I'm not like militant to one or the other uh, of those of those consoles. It's who, what have you done for me lately? Um, and uh, and and Game Pass, um, I had on PC, and uh, to be able to to get that and, and to be able to download day one, Halo Infinite, day one, more, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Psychonauts 2, which my game of the year, which I would not have played had it not been for Game Pass, as well as, you know, like just game upon game that I, you know, that I haven't touched or that I tried out. Um, there's a bunch of indies that I played a little bit of. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just, it, it, it makes me think about how to spend my entertainment dollar um, in an informed way. And I've just, I just have, I have tried, like I wouldn't have played a driving game like force. I just wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have sought it out. Uh, but having it at my fingertips with like an install and, 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 and um, I mean, it's game pass has just changed the entire way that I think about playing games. Um, and it, sometimes for the worse, like, honestly, like we, we talked about on this show, Ryan was playing tales of arise and, 
I was kind of interested in an RPG. I just come off Dragon Quest XI, but then there was about a zillion of them on Game Pass, including multiple Tales games. So I couldn't really bring myself to pay the 80, 90, whatever bucks Canadian to buy this one other game when when I could play these other ones on Game Pass. So it, it kind of works both ways. But I also think of experiences like No Man's Sky and Sea of Thieves that I played with my friends this year. Sea of Thieves was a huge part of my year. It sh should get its own honorable mention. Um, it's really like the one of the best co-op hangout games of all time. And I discovered it this year, had a tremendous amount of time playing with my friends. Uh, on it and I you know I did it I did it through game pass it like the, the game was right there um and, and easy so I got it for me game pass sea of thieves um a lot of those a lot of those experiences a huge huge honorable uh mention and sea of thieves like if it wasn't for the daughter of it all like my daughter uh getting dragon quest 11 or zelda over the hump like sea of thieves again with my friend's experience would have been right there like as as um, the my best old game move slash movie slash tv show that crofton experienced this year but it was not to be still fantastic fantastic game I'm wondering, like, too, like some of these games that I played with my friends during the pandemic, I don't know when they began and when they ended. Like, what was I playing in January of 2021? Uh, you know, it's uh, nobody knows, Ryan. Nobody knows. Yeah. January 2021 feels like years ago. Uh, but alas, it was only about a year ago. So, well, I was thinking about um, because the book of Boba Fett is had its first episode i was thinking about the mandalorian season two because i really liked that and i took a look and i was like oh it ended in mid-december of last year like around this time last year it ended so it is ineligible for the daddies again don't google that no. um so uh so ryan that is it unless you have any other honorable mentions i would i would and I'll, I'll I'll ask you before i i take out the ceremonial baton and, and close the event uh, we have but, a whole uh, do, thing at the end, eh? Do Do you have Do you have any other honorable mentions, last minute awards that you have created on the fly, or anything before we close out the inaugural Dungeons and Diapers Awards? Uh, you know what? I I I don't. Uh, I feel like I'm a pretty positive person, so I could go on and on about uh, all my favorite entertainment products from this year. So I will not do that. But I will say this has been a fantastic first year for the daddies again don't google it um don't even use your imagination just just listen to the show and just hope that the next time you hear the daddies is on um a year from now on dungeons and diapers and i think that's a good seg into uh you know a thank you to our listeners for bearing with us this past year and and and, and writing in engaging with us we value that so much uh emails tweets um anything uh just to 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 uh to get your feedback and uh has has been great knowing that people are out there uh listening and and uh and enjoying and uh for me i it, it means it means the world for every single listener uh that i know is is, is listening to the show and i you know Maybe we don't have the millions and millions of listeners. So we have maybe a, we 
you listeners, uh, who knows? I will just say how much I value them and uh, and appreciate uh, uh, appreciate them. Unlike Ryan, who hates you all, I love you and appreciate you. Yeah, that's true. I also love and appreciate you. Crossing just likes to put words in my mouth, so there you go. Yeah, no, it's well, right. Like to be perfectly honest, you know, Ryan does another podcast, the Gamers Inn, where he's like, "Oh, look how well I'm doing on the Gamers Inn, Crofton." Uh, you know, he just he just likes to punch down. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. Also um, not true. But uh, also, <laughs> also not true. I, you know what? I'll let the listeners be the judge. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 I think we both appreciate everybody, uh, and uh, uh, you know, hopefully by installing an annual award, uh, we will be able to commit to future editions of said award show, and it will become an annual tradition, and eventually we will secure a television deal or something like that. Um, Ryan, uh, before we close up shop, is there any mail? Yeah, I mean, we did get an email from Travis. We'll uh, we'll definitely be reading that next episode. Um, I, I it's funny because uh, just a, a a bit of behind the scenes, um, Travis had sort of posted his thoughts either to me or into our um, Aven Dad's Discord chat that uh, Crofton uh, ignores, probably because he sees like four hundred messages every time he logs into to Discord. Because I think you only log into Discord for the show and possibly for playing. See if these with with your buds, right? That is it. I'm yeah. pretty much not on it otherwise. Yeah. So either way, uh, I, it was sent to me, and I said, "Oh well, you know, and maybe we can form these into a, uh, you know, an email or something." So he he did send an email, and I actually reminded him, "Hey, you were gonna send that email in," and uh, he did, and and now we're <laughs> we're pushing it. We're pushing it, Travis. But we want to give it the time that it's due, and you know that. Yeah, and a tease too. We wanted to tease it for the next episode to keep you guys listening. And the daddies again, really. Please don't Google it. Uh, no. Is is um is a huge award show that takes all the oxygen out of the room, uh, and so anything that would be come after the daddies like i'm surprised anybody's listening honestly at this point uh but you know what if you are thank you so much because you're gonna get to hear me do the outro ryan before i roll through did you have any final words for our audience in 2021 uh um you know i only one there question. it is folks <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> yeah, this is, you know what that would sum up 2021 just uh, i don't know <laughs> I don't know. What do I do you with my hands? What What do I do? Uh, no. So you got nothing. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, I you were you were saying to the, we we're saying to the listeners not to Google the daddies, but I, I have a quick question. Did we Google it? Do we know what's maybe waiting for those that that do things that are you know we tell them not to do? I just now I'm a little worried. I think I think they'll just find a lot of resources on fatherhood. Ryan, that's that's it. Uh, we just don't want them to go to some other show about fatherhood. You know, when they could they could listen to our show. Next thing you know, they'll be listening to Alex Albisu or something. You know, we don't hey, want that. Dad Chronicles You're, is pretty great. That look, you just gave them. Look, why don't you just kick all our listeners out right now, Ryan? You're just <laughs> he's given us a shout out before. Come on, nobody can listen to more than one podcast. It's true. Um, <laughs> All right. So that said, uh, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. You'll find all our episodes from 2021 and beyond. You can get caught up. 
see if our daddies were consistent with our uh, opinions throughout the year. Again, uh, please don't. <laughs> he Google. said uh, daddies. Sorry. <laughs> email. You can email the show dad at TGI studio dot com. D-A-D at TGIstudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can engage with us there. I am at Croft and Steers, and Ryan is at R. Murphy. The show itself has a Twitter account. It's at DNDcast. And you can find out when the latest ones drop by following that Twitter account. And that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Not just this episode, but this year's worth of Dungeons and Diapers content. I hope everybody has a safe and happy holidays uh and uh we will see you all again we're going to do this all again in 2022 say goodbye ryan goodbye everybody bye everybody happy new year from dungeons and diapers don't google that no you can google that you should google Google dungeon and diapers i'm pretty sure it brings up our podcast yeah it's good and if it doesn't we got problems all right bye people That we should definitely Google and make sure works. We should do that. I'm going to Google it right now. Do it. What comes up? I hope it's our podcast because it would be on me, right? Dungeons. Because Dungeons and, and Diapers. diapers.